0: FizzCast! Without Jerry McInerney, we wouldn't have won 10 f***ing games this year.
1: You're watching the Fizz. Okay? Not 10.
0: So Fizz fans.
1: The most bull**** thing I've seen in 30 years.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Fizz.
1: And especially when it comes from our people.
0: And welcome to the Fizz. Orangefizz.net Cue the music. Tim Leonard, Syracuse, gets spot number 68 in the NCAA tournament. The Orange set to take on the Arizona State Sun Devils in a play-in game out in Dayton. And we're going to break it all down for you here on the FizzCast. Tyler Rocky. Alongside Tim Leonard. Tim, you're coming to us over FaceTime right now from the great state of North Carolina. Yes, who, I am. Who's seemingly hogging the field right now with all those teams they got. And what are we? Let's. I'm just going to go off the top of my head. What do we have? UNC, Duke, Yep. NC State, UNC Greensboro, I believe, got in. in yep, UNC bins. Greensboro
1: is dancing.
0: I'm, I'm missing a couple, too.
1: Um, Who else do we got?
0: Is Iona down there, or am I thinking of Elon?
1: No, no, yeah, Elon's not dancing. They didn't make it out of the CAA. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um there are eight teams. I'm blanking oh, uh NC Central stands. N C
0: Central, that's right. They're going up um, against uh Texas Southern.
1: Right. There's several more, but it yeah. is it's the heart of ACC country down here. And I gotta tell you, a lot of people are pretty upset about the A C C tournament being played in Barclays Center for you know, two straight years, and also Washington, D.C. the year before that. So yeah, they've been away them. from – yeah, that's, that's true. But <laughs> they've right. been away from Tobacco Road for three years now. People are a little upset that Syracuse territory has taken over. But you're right, Syracuse and the big dance. And I, I honestly have no idea what to think at this point because I frankly didn't see it coming.
0: All right, well, we'll get to all that in just a little bit. Just some, some stuff – Before we get into this, of course, you can always find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Facebook, all that stuff, Orange Fizz. You'll get the latest Fizz content throughout the tournament. We'll have podcasts seemingly whenever games are played. We'll break them down right away for you. We'll also get all of our written content up online. So be sure to check us out on all of those platforms for all the latest from OrangeFizz.net. Now, here's where I want to start because I think this is just the hot-button topic. Again, everyone kind of said uh, Syracuse is probably team 69 or worse. And let's just go off the bat. Did you think Syracuse was getting in?
1: No. And especially after the way they did the show, which we can talk about that. It was very unique. Um, I actually kind of liked it in a weird yeah, I'll, way. I'll get into that. I too. was I wasn't against it, but once they revealed Arizona state, who I really don't think should have been in the tournament. It's funny that Syracuse draws them in the first round, but the battle once of they Unwanteds. went out, yeah, once we went alphabetical and I saw Arizona State, Alabama popped up. Who It was kind of a given. I mean, they right. got a nine seed. Colin at, Sexton
0: willed a, them into the tournament. Yeah. That's going to be a fun a, game, too. Alabama-Virginia Tech.
1: Yeah, that's a tough Lots matchup. Of points. is that That's Virginia, I think right? that game's
0: being played in Pittsburgh, I want to say, though. So I think okay. you, you give the advantage right there to to Virginia Tech. But anyways. Yeah.
1: That's a tough 8-9 matchup. But once a couple of those teams were reeled off, I kind of thought, no way. And then once I didn't see Notre Dame and Louisville, it was like, okay, well, the ACC's got to get one of their bubble teams in. And I think that's when my my thoughts kind of went the other direction. But it was still kind of a shock to see Syracuse's name pop up.
0: I was in the camp that... I did not think Syracuse was going to get in, so I'm in that 98% that Beheim kind of blasted. Only 1% or 2% of our fans think we're getting in.
1: <laughs> but,
0: uh, no, I I did not think Syracuse was going to get in, but I woke up that morning thinking something crazy is going to happen. Like, Syracuse is going to get in. I know they're going to get in, but I, I will never publicly say they're going to get in.
1: Well, because... this is, I mean, three straight years now, it's been – when you don't think they're going to get in, they get in. So I guess next year, if they're on the bubble, whatever I think, just take the opposite, and especially take the opposite of what Joe Lenardi thinks at this point.
0: <laughs> he's got to hate this man. Yeah, a, he's
1: he's what in a, a rough, rough spot. rough
0: go for him.
1: <laughs> I think he had he he really didn't do well by his standards. He had USC in like firmly as a ten seed, and they didn't make it. So rough day for Joe Lombardi. I think some of the other bracketologists are taking his limelight now.
0: Yeah. Jerry Palm I think was one of the few people that believed Jerry Palm and, yeah. and Beheim called him out for it or I guess complimented him not called him out for it saying he's the only smart one yeah.
1: I saw um, Stuart Mandel got 67 of 68 teams right? the only team he missed was Syracuse he had USC <laughs> in instead of Syracuse the athletic so. man
0: Th- that yep. new journalism those paywalls <laughs> uh, you won't get a paywall on orangefizz.net I can tell you that um <laughs> But, no, I didn't think they were going to get in. I just thought everyone says, oh, there's no bad losses, and I just frankly disagreed with that. I think there are bad losses on the schedule. Yeah. You look at the Wake Forest game, yes, it's on the road, but still a game you should probably win. I mean, they are they finished the season, I think, after the Syracuse loss, it was 11-20. and 20. That's not yeah, a good record. Not That's good. not a good team. I, yeah, I and thought then that Georgia was a bad Tech loss. Also. Georgia Tech's a terrible loss, even though it's on the-, the road. That's the only saving grace in some of these. The bad one is Notre Dame. And NC State, both should have. Yes, NC State's a tournament team, sure, but they really just kind of picked it up. And when you look at NC State's home road splits, they're not even close. NC State, I think, won two games outside of the state of Carolina this year, the state that you are
1: currently in right now, coming (laughs) to us over Facetime. But NC State just had a crazy resume. They were like Syracuse. They were weird. Yeah, yeah, no, they had very similar. They had um, Arizona, went over Arizona, went over Clemson, went over UNC at UNC, went over Duke. So that's four Quadrant one wins and probably a couple more that I'm forgetting. And then they have losses to UNC Greensboro and a couple other bad teams like that. So it seemed like the committee really just valued RPI, strength of schedule, and obviously the Quadrant one wins and how it didn't matter when you got them. Because you see a team like Arizona State's in the field or in Oklahoma, and it seems like they just didn't really care when the Quadrant 1 victories happened or how the team was trending going into the tournament. They just cared about how their resume stacked up on paper versus the other teams, which I kind of disagree with. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think I, it's
0: – I wasn't a fan of it. I, The Quadrant stuff I'm fine with, but why can't we just call the Quadrant wins when they happen? Like, yeah. For some of these teams, a win against Minis- a team like Minnesota earlier in the season – that should be a quadrant 1 win. I mean, yeah, it, it's really true. not hard. It's not hard. Yeah. That, I mean, the NCAA did so many weird things this year with the whole quadrant stuff weird. and even the way they did the selection show. I wasn't I'll, I'll say this about the selection show. I was not all out on it. Like some I went no. in wanting to absolutely hate that thing because I thought, "Oh, revealing all 68 is dumb." I think they did it semi-right. There's one yeah. big change I would make. I would randomize the teams that were the at-large bids, not oh, put it alphabetical. Because then, like I, I have some friends who are Marquette fans, and they said once Marquette got skipped over, they didn't care what happened. Right? Like, why not you're... build up that suspense all the way to the end and then yeah. reveal the bracket? Because we know who's getting a spot in terms of the conference champions. I had no problem with that. Just laying it out. Also, let's, let, let's be honest, Greg Gumbel and Ernie Johnson really struggled. <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. did not seem ready for that. They're standing a football field length away from each other. It was awkward. Then you got different guys popping in left and right too.
1: It was it, a little, awkward. it was a
0: little weird. I, I'll, I'll give them that. I think they're the, the idea is there, but the execution was poor.
1: Right. and Yeah. And going off of that point, I think if you're a Baylor fan, you find out within the first, what, five minutes of yeah. that reveal of the alphabetical order. So it just takes away the suspense for any team that's at the top of the alphabetical list. Right. I,
0: I think you randomize it. I think that's the best way to go with it. But, hey, they, they don't pay me the big bucks over there at CBS, so whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, so you didn't think they'd get in. I didn't think they'd get in. But did they get it Right. And I think that's the big question right now, because I think our opinions and if they got it right are completely different things. I think the teams that they put Syracuse in, it was fair. I really do. I I don't think there's a lot of discrepancies. And when you look at seemingly everyone who's going about their business and criticizing the committee, Syracuse is not the team they're targeting.
1: I've seen a couple
0: people here and there say, how the hell did Syracuse get in? But I haven't seen a lot of people that are really upset that Syracuse is in this field.
1: So the only fan base that I think has a very legitimate case is Notre Dame. Because if you imagine being being a Notre Dame fan, and on one hand, first off, Notre Dame, I think, is a top 30 team in the country right now, how they stand. I mean, they went... In the second round matchup against Virginia Tech, they were two point favorites over the Hokies being a 10 seed against a 7 seed on a neutral site. So that tells you that the committee or whoever Las Vegas thinks and the general public thinks they are better than a Virginia Tech team that was firmly in the tournament right now and then you factor in they didn't have Bonzi Colson they didn't have Matt Farrell their two best players and they went into the Carrier Dome and beat Syracuse in their own territory by two points. So if you're a Notre Dame fan I just think there's a fine line. I guess you have to you have to reason with the other teams and you can't be unfair to them and completely negate what happened when Bonzi Colson wasn't on the wasn't on the court. But at the same time, you have to get the best possible field you can. And Notre Dame is a team that I think could have made it to the Sweet 16 or even the Elite 8. And
0: when so... you look at, too, what people were talking about is Notre Dame could have legitimately won the ACC tournament. There yes. were people who thought that. And I think that does have to be taken into account. You look at this field that they, they have, okay? The fact that Notre Dame went 8-10 and 10 and played, what, maybe two or three games with Bonzi Colson and one of them was against Pitt? That, that's yeah. a tournament team. And the yeah. fact that they stayed afloat, and I just think it's complete garbage that a lot of, especially the people who are very pro-Syracuse, are saying, oh, Syracuse battled through all this adversity. They lost Geno Thorpe. They lost Torian Thompson. They, they had some injuries that doesn't throughout matter. the year. That's such crap that yeah. people are using that in the case of Syracuse, because if you're going to use that for Syracuse, you have to use it with Notre Dame, too, because they went through even more adversity, in my opinion, Syracuse didn't lose a star. Notre no. Dame lost its best player. They lost a Naismith Player of the Year contender, an ACC yeah. Player of the Year contender for the pretty much the entire conference slate. And when you're losing that in games for, let's say, Miami's and Dukes and Virginia Tech's Carolina's Clemson's, Fonzie Colson's a guy who changes that game
1: yeah, tremendously. So-
0: with Bonzi Colson, this is a team that maybe wins what? 13 14 games in the ACC.
1: I mean, they won the Maui Invitational. They right. were preseason top 15, preseason 4th in the ACC. We know and I think they, they got into like the top
0: 5 after the Maui too.
1: Right. And I mean, they did have a bad loss at home to Ball State, which right. uh, With of Bonzi Colson. Yeah, plenty people of teams forget. had bad losses, but people do forget. But I think uh I think the biggest thing is if they went against another bubble team, like say they were playing a play-in game as an 11 seed, they'd be, what, five or six point favorites I think over they any would, not other Not only that, team.
0: but I think they would almost be favored over the six seed that they'd play, too. Yeah. And yeah. the round after so, that, even potentially against a three.
1: I don't know how you can leave a team out that you know is by far... When it, they have me, everyone, like they do, better than the rest of the bubble teams that you're comparing them
0: to. I, I look at it this way, too. And when the resumes are close, as as was the case with Notre Dame, look at the college football playoff. Alabama was kind of that bubble team. Would they be left out of the field of four, or would they get that fourth spot? To me, the, the big factor there is Alabama's going to go into this tournament and be favored in every single game it plays that's a yeah. team that clearly should be in then. And when the resume right. is close enough and this team is going to be favored the entire way. And with Notre Dame, you can argue that they're going to be favored for at least two games in the NCAA tournament. I think that that's a no brainer. I think Notre Dame should have been in this field. And I get that there's a lot of people in the Oklahoma state camp that are, that are teed off that their team's not in, but Notre Including Dame but We'll get to Doug Gottlieb in a little bit. Yeah. Um, But to me, Notre Dame's the biggest snub, and it's not even close, and especially when you look at what the committee said after the fact that with Davidson winning the Atlantic 10, that bumped Notre Dame from the field.
1: Yeah.
0: And Syracuse is team number 68, so you assume that Notre Dame was team number 69, and you've got two teams like that head-to-head who have played each other in Syracuse, and Syracuse lost that game at full strength. Meanwhile, Notre Dame is without its two best players. To me, that that's just unfair to the Irish. Completely yeah, unfair. I... And listen, I full disclaimer right here. I hate Mo- Notre Dame. I was raised to hate the Irish more than anything. My dad is an IU grad. It, it runs in the family. He hates Notre Dame like no other. I hate Notre Dame like no other. I do like Mike Bray. He's the only thing that I semi-like out of South Bend. <laughs> Notre Dame people are just the worst. They're so annoying. I cannot stand them. But, I mean, this is a no-brainer. Notre Dame should be in this field. And yeah. it is so clear-cut that they should be in this field that it makes no sense to me.
1: Yeah, it makes me upset. And the, I think if I were to change one thing, I'd take Arizona State out of the field and put Notre Dame in. Because Arizona State, we're talking about a team that went 8-12 and in Pac-12 play. They lost 11 of their last 17 games.
0: Listen, Tim, there's there's just the Pac-12 no way. is terrible. We're going to talk They're about awful. this later. The Pac-12 is the worst of the Power Fives.
1: I I mean, I don't, I don't think, outside of, okay, UCLA, I guess, belonged in the tournament. USC, I think, rightfully so, shouldn't have been in, and they didn't get in. Arizona's a talented team, but they've got two or three teams that really belong in the tournament. I just... I get that Arizona State had some quadrant one wins, and but you got to factor in when they had those wins. Because if you think about it, yeah, a if, college basketball team changes so much from November or October, even when you first assemble, right. all the way to March. It, these are, especially in this one-and-done era, you have to factor in that a lot of these teams, like a Kentucky right now, comes in with a right. lot of freshmen. Yep. Now they're trending up. So... Why why are we not evaluating the timeliness of these wins? And why are we just comparing resumes based on quadrant wins? Arizona State's a perfect example of a team. They could have made an example of them and said, we care a little bit more about what you've done for me lately and how you're playing going into the tournament. And they didn't. And I just don't think they should be in.
0: Yeah, it's a tough question. I I just think the Pac-12 is terrible and should have been screwed in this whole selection process, especially with teams like Notre Dame, even Louisville. Like. Here's the thing with Syracuse. You remember two years ago when Syracuse got in as the 10th seed and basically the committee said, okay, Hopkins was there for this many games. And we basically didn't even take those into consideration. Dave Padgett got thrown into the fire. I mean, that is the Hopkins situation on steroids.
1: It's wild to me that Louisville is not in the tournament because I think they're arguably the second most talented team just on paper in the ACC. I wow, think it's really? Duke. Yes, I think it's Duke, UNC, and Louisville are maybe right there. I don't think Virginia is the most in that conversation. And then I would agree Notre with Dame, you. That, I guess
0: I would agree that Virginia is not in the top three, but they're still the best team in the ACC. Oh yeah, and absolutely. It, it, those are completely those are mutually exclusive, right
1: there. Right. So I'm just saying, if you were to just stack up like all their rosters and give them a rating, and what would the overall rating average out to be? I would say Louisville is maybe the second most talented team. And just think, when Syracuse played Louisville in the KFC Yum Center, whatever it was, maybe a little over a month ago now, Mm -hmm. it's crazy to think that before that game, if someone would have come up to me and said, hey, Syracuse is going to make the tournament and Louisville's not, I would have been shocked just based on how Louisville was playing at the time and how Syracuse was playing. I mean, Louisville started out ACC play pretty well.
0: Yeah, they looked pretty good. They had some good non-conference games too, and, and Dave Paget did a hell of a job with that team. I mean, yeah. that you got thrown to the wolves in that situation. There is no better way to put it. And the fact that Louisville didn't just tank again—you lose your your top recruit, a top 20 guy right out of the gate.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, no, it's and- unbelievable. And the other thing is, going back to Arizona State, they had so many opportunities. They were literally one win away from solidifying their tournament resume and getting themselves off the bubble so many times. And they just couldn't get that last win. And then you look at a team like Louisville, who goes into the ACC tournament, plays a Florida State team that's in the tournament field in an 8-9 matchup and rolls over them when they knew they had to get that win and even put up kind of a fight against Virginia. I think they did enough in the ACC tournament, whereas Arizona State got smoked by Colorado, who's probably in the 80s in RPI. It wasn't even close, they lost by 12.
0: Yeah, Syracuse didn't beat any tournament teams in the ACC tournament. Louisville demolished one and hung with the number one overall seed. Yeah. I think there's your case right there for Louisville. Notre Dame, kind of the same deal right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just don't know. Call it what
0: you want with that Virginia Tech game, but when you win two games in your conference tournament in the toughest conference in college basketball, I think that says something. And you're a bubble team. That seems like enough. That really does.
1: And just think like if they played Clemson in the third round instead of Duke, they could have beat Clemson. It's just the matchup they got with Duke, that's obviously one of the top teams in the country. So you right. have to factor in that too.
0: And yeah, and and you say the same thing about Syracuse. Like the Orange just got screwed facing UNC, which is I think in a lot of brackets a final four team.
1: I think a yeah, lot of people are putting
0: the tar heels. In on that one final hand four.
1: though, I feel like that might have might have helped them because what if they played I don't know, Miami in the second round, just for, or NC State or someone, they would have had to win that game. So maybe it, in a weird kind of roundabout way, made their chances a little better because everyone expected them to lose to UNC, and they kind of put up a fight in the second half. It wasn't really pretty, but still they did enough in the committee's eyes. Whereas if you lose it all to NC State or Miami, you're probably out.
0: I'll say this, to answer the whole burning question that I started out with, The committee got it right with Syracuse. They got it wrong with a lot of other teams.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. I think my biggest takeaway is you've got to factor in how the team's playing or how they're trending up, and they just didn't do that clearly. Arizona Arizona State, I'm not okay with. Oklahoma, I can kind of talk myself into just because it's the Big 12, and it's It's, completely different from the Pac-12. There was
0: no way – the committee was leaving Trey Young out of the team. Yeah, there was yeah. zero chance, and I think there was also zero chance they were going to leave Bayheim out for two straight years.
1: Yeah, zero chance. That's true. I, I, it's just weird to me that the team last year didn't make it with Tyler Lydon, Andrew White. If you just look back on that team, they were that they was were a better team so well, that was a oh, much so better much team. better. John Gillen started rounding into form. I mean, there were a couple NBA guys on that team, a couple guys that are going to play pro ball for a while, and this team obviously just doesn't have nearly as much talent. It's just odd that it worked out that way.
0: Yeah, it's kind of – I'd almost – I'd be interested to hear the thoughts of some of the guys from last year's team and what they think of this team getting in because there's really not that signature win that Syracuse had three of last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, Clemson, yeah, but – uh, it doesn't it's feel the, the same when you just beat Clemson. resume. Yeah, no. And Clemson's not. I mean, they're a top 25 team right now, but I don't think they're really, since they lost Grantham, I don't think they're playing like a top 25 team. And it was at home and everything. I just, the team last year was playing much better going into the tournament, but at the same time, I think Syracuse got a really good draw. Not only did they make the tournament, but I think this Arizona State team, we just talked about it. I don't think they should be in the tournament because of how they're playing coming in. It's going to be, you know, a decent matchup. It'll be a tough game because they've got a good offense. But if you get past that, then you get a little momentum. And, you know, they do have Jamie Dixon waiting in their second round game against TCU, which is giving Jim Boeheim some fits. But I think TCU and Arizona State are slightly overrated, if anything. So it's actually a pretty good draw in my eyes for Syracuse.
0: Okay. um, One major thing I need to – we need to address. It's the Doug Gottlieb.
1: Uh, whole scenario. Yes. I'm ready um, to go on this. All
0: right, so we're gonna be a little mature right here, okay? We're not gonna make fun of Doug Gottlieb for all the credit card stuff because that we're we're mature guys here at OrangeFizz.net. He loves
1: he loves to bring up the credit card stuff. Though. Yeah, he goes out of his way to bring it up, but we'll just leave that to the side. We'll, we'll yeah, just we'll brush we'll, that we'll aside. Push that.
0: The past is the past. <laughs> uh, but again, just a personal attack at Syracuse. <laughs> He goes on Twitter, Syracuse being in versus Oklahoma State, Doug Gottlieb's alma mater, is just laughable. Getting extra credit for Buffalo slash Iona wins in non-conference. Cuse didn't beat a top three opponent in their league. Yes, they did. They beat two of them. Uh, Three best wins, Miami versus VT versus Clemson, lost to Wake, BC, Georgia Tech. First of all, I don't think teams should be dinged for losing to Boston College, especially on the road because – I've He's I've had this team. conversation with you. Boston College I think is a legitimate contender to win the NIT because and they are without a doubt in my mind the most fun team to watch in the ACC. More yeah. than Duke, more than Virginia who snores snores a lot of people to sleep, more than UNC, more than any of these blue bloods in the ACC, Boston College is the most fun team to watch in the conference.
1: Oh, yeah, they've got great guards. I don't think I've ever seen Jordan Chapman miss a three in his entire life. I feel like he hit everything in the ACC tournament. I I mean, I don't even think that win's bad because BC proved that they're playing like a top 40 team in the country right now. The way they just rolled through NC State, they played. And if they maybe didn't have to play. Yeah, if they didn't have to play that first round game in the ACC tournament, who knows, they could have beat Clemson and continued to keep going. It's they probably were in control of that Clemson game that. out of the gate. Yeah, it's probably far-fetched to say they would have had a chance to win, but I think they're one of the top ten teams in the ACC right now.
0: But, okay, so I'll, I'll say this. I, I semi-agree you're getting a lot of credit for that Buffalo and Iona win. Buffalo's yeah. a great win, and I quite frankly think that Buffalo's the reason why Syracuse got pushed over the top in this tournament because it gives you that extra quadrant one when they go out and win the MAC and run through that entire conference. Buffalo's a pretty team and I was ready to pick them in my bracket in every single region or whatever whatever seed they got, I was ready to pick Buffalo. But they they got a terrible draw. They draw Arizona who I uh. think is criminally underseeded. Arizona is yes. a team that a lot of people thought might be a one seed, might be a two seed at points in the year, and they drop all the way to four, which, again, shows you how bad the Pac-12 is. I think that if Buffalo was not playing Arizona, it would have had a chance to win two games in this tournament. But because so, they draw up against arguably the most talented roster in the field, they they get screwed.
1: Yeah, I've already. I feel like Arizona's the the trendy national championship pick right now. I've already seen Jay Williams has gone on record and said he's going to take them to win it all. I mean, they do have the best player in the country. I, I mean, do you disagree with that? I think DeAndre I do. Aiden I I'm
0: going to go all in on the case for Marvin Bagley, but okay. Uh, I mean, it's it's one A and one B
1: for right. me. But no, yeah, I I, I I can get behind that. Listen, DeAndre
0: Aiden, if he's not the best player, he's the second best player.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, he's a freak of nature. If if he's matched up against a Buffalo team, I don't know how they're going to contain him. They'll just throw the lob and and he'll get, you know, 30 points, 15 rebounds in his sleep, basically. That's what he did in the Pac-12 tournament, which is, frankly, the competition is going to be pretty equal to uh, some of these 12 or 13 seeds in the NCAA tournament field. But uh, on the topic of Arizona, do we think they got slighted, perhaps, because of the FBI hoopla and all I that that's Sean no. Miller
0: I think it's because they're in the Pac-12 I really do yeah and they had those bad early season losses which again I don't think should hurt them but it did and uh, with Arizona I mean yes there's the whole fiasco over and maybe that's kind of I, I saw the tweet out there that all the bubble teams that got left out kind of had that have that dark cloud hanging over their heads too I just think that's garbage The NCAA, I don't think, cares if this tournament is vacated down the road for whatever team. But getting back to Gottlieb, though, listen, I think Oklahoma State has a great case to be in this tournament. You play in the Big 12. You got some huge wins. You beat Kansas twice, almost had them a third time. But why are you attacking Syracuse? Why can't you make the case for Oklahoma State? Right. Why can't you just be proud of in the team that you are trying to support right now instead of attacking others. And if you're going to attack teams, why Syracuse? Why not Oklahoma? Why not Oklahoma, the team who you beat two times already this season and have a legitimate case in the head-to-head? Like, if a Notre Dame fan wanted to attack a team, they should be attacking Syracuse, okay? I would be completely okay with that. And you use your own points and your own victories as your support as well. But yeah. for Gottlieb to just go out there and attack Syracuse, that's embarrassing and it's childish. Well, Get over off, it. Get over your feud about... with Beheim, all right? <laughs> seriously. Just, seriously.
1: First off, he's talking about how Syracuse has a poor, or their non-conference schedule wasn't as good as it looked on paper and it was skewed and all that. Oklahoma State's non-conference schedule was terrible. They played no one. And I agree, You, if you're going to attack a team, go after Oklahoma. The team you just beat in the Big 12 tournament, head-to-head, to head, two bubble teams going against each other. You say, why are they in and why are we out? Don't go at Syracuse, which is in a different conference, and you haven't played each other at all.
0: Yeah, th- this clearly is not a bracket for what have you done lately.
1: No. It really isn't. It, it and I think, I think the that's the main wins. flaw. Yeah. I just, I why- think the number one job of the committee should be create the best field and the strongest field possible. Get the best, you know, the best at large teams possible. And they didn't do that this year. They put in some Arizona State teams that, frankly, a lot of te- a lot of people are going to probably pick Syracuse to win that game because Arizona State hasn't beat anyone in two months. Right. Yeah, they, yeah, they
0: have not been good since about November. But uh, I want to get back to uh, one quick thing. I, I did have this inkling that Syracuse would be in uh, for – a couple reasons and the big one is so i was at the acc tournament not to brag this past week and i I ran into andy katz talked to him a little bit again he works for ncaa.com right now and he says i was just with the committee they said one or two games are not going to define your resume and when i asked him like what's the pulse around syracuse he basically told me they were in without saying they were in Just the way he kind of dodged things, it seemed like they were getting in. And that's why I kind of woke up Selection Sunday thinking they're going to pull off some stuff right here and they're going to weasel their way into the tournament. And if they do, good for them. I'm not going to fight it. I wasn't going to fight it no matter what happened because I I think the committee got it right ultimately, but I think I could also have talked myself into the committee getting it right if they had been left out had some of these other teams been ahead of them.
1: Yeah, that's my issue. And... I, I was kind of the same way. I thought they were 50-50, and then I woke up and I saw that Davidson beat URI, and I thought, just like Jim Beheim said in right. his press mm-hmm. conference, maybe that's our spot. Maybe that's what was taken, but it sounds like the committee admitted that that was Notre Dame's spot. So, I I would say the committee didn't do an awful job by any means, or it wasn't you know the worst job they've ever done. I just think that Syracuse, the, they got in, which is fine. I just don't know if they should have gotten in over Notre Dame or even a Louisville. You can make the case for those two teams being in. I think there were just some some problems there on who got in and who didn't get in, basically. But overall, I think Syracuse should have been in the field, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that – also, I don't think Syracuse should have been Team 68 had they gotten in. Seeing who else is in the field, they should not have been Team 68.
1: No. They I should have been ahead have meet, of Arizona State. of
0: Arizona State ahead of Oklahoma, who was safely in the field, Oklahoma should have been in that play-in game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You want to say that you don't set up narratives. Oklahoma playing Duke potentially in the second round, which I don't think is going to happen, by the way, but if Trey Young and company pull off that first-round game against Rhode Island and sets up a, a matchup against Duke in the second round, you're telling me the NCAA doesn't love that?
1: Yeah. No, That's there were bit, there were a couple that I noticed where there were potential second round matchups, but I'm kinda surprised, just thinking of that Arizona State Oklahoma matchup, that would have been must see T V, so I'm surprised that they yeah. didn't just jump on that and set that up for the first Dayton game or whatever.
0: Okay. You wanna move into um Arizona State? Let's do it. All right. Here's what you need to know about Arizona State, all right? They've got some players, but really they haven't done anything well lately. I mean, (laughs) this team is – it's a weird one, that's for sure. You get the big wins right out of the gate, but at the same time, this team really struggled in the Pac-12. Eighth in the Pac-12. Again, the Pac-12 doesn't have 12 teams anymore, Tim Leonard. They have 10 now. (laughs) Nope. And to be – The ninth seed in a 10-team tournament, it's laughable.
1: And they still got in. No, they don't play any defense. For whatever reason, they just lost their will or know how to play defense from the point where they won that Kansas game and they were up to inside the top five in the country. It seems like they they just rely so much on – they have to have a great offensive game to stay in it, which begs the question – which force is going to come out on top because obviously Syracuse is kind of the complete opposite. And I don't know. I I think a matchup like that maybe lends itself more to favor Syracuse because if they can just shut down Arizona state's offense and get their mojo down a little bit early in the first half, then they can really take control and Arizona state will play like they have the past two months really, and get a little rattled. I mean, Arizona
0: state, you look at their record down the stretch, they lost five of their last six games and for me, I mean, it, it also also a little comes down to who these teams play and when, because remember, the pac 12 scheduling is weird. They, they're still stuck in the 70s where air traveling was a tough thing. Yes. And they, they like <laughs> the to they like to really bunch up when you go to certain teams. So like you'll play Washington and Washington State in the same stretch. Um, you'll play Cal and Stanford in the same stretch, UCLA and USC in the same stretch. but
1: It's 2018. We don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> all these teams
0: have their own planes at this point, um, especially a school like Arizona State, where you have the most students in the country, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yep, I think that's an accurate statistic. Just
0: absolutely robbing all these families for their money so their kids can go get their college education. And to me... It, I mean, we've said it. Arizona State isn't a tournament team. No. This team is not as good. Um, The Pac-12 is not a good conference, as evidenced by Arizona State being a nine seed, despite the fact that they were a top five team at one point in the country in the conference tournament. You're led by fifth-year sophomore Mickey Mitchell, who has been in college forever. And I looked it up earlier this season. First of all, I had no idea he had transferred to Arizona State. I was watching a game earlier, like, very early in the season. Um, might have been that Xavier or Kansas game. And I see Mickey Mitchell on the floor. I look it up. I'm like, oh, man, he's got to be, like, a senior at this point, like a fifth-year senior because yeah. he was at Ohio State first. And then I look up his page, and I pull up the ESPN, and it says sophomore. And I was like, what the hell?
1: <laughs> I That's swear this dude, so much.
0: this dude was in high school 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean – There's so many different athletes. I felt like Greg Paulus was at Duke for maybe six years before he went to be the Syracuse quarterback. It's just funny when you see those athletes. Maybe it's just because a lot of these guys are leaving for the draft and it just looks weird to see someone in the same uniform for three or four years in a row and across our TV screens for three or four years in a row. But that's another example of one guy. I would have never guessed he was a sophomore.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was in that class of 2015, which I couldn't believe. I thought – I could have sworn he had declared in, like, 2013 because, remember, he I think he started out in Ohio, and he was, like, challenging for all of LeBron's records. And then he moves down to Texas and then kind of falls off the face of the earth, but still a pretty good basketball player. A couple other really good players, though, on this Arizona State team, almost kind of like Syracuse where they've got a couple really nice pieces – but they don't have that team unity and that continuity. They don't play defense like you mentioned. The only way Arizona State beats Syracuse in this game in my opinion is if they can fire away from three. and I'm not yeah, I'm not sure they can do that.
1: I don't think there's any way they win this game if it's in the 60s range. They've got to make it like an 80 to 78 game or something and try and just outscore Syracuse because, if it gets into kind of a slugfest or a rock fight or something like what the Clemson-Syracuse game was at the end of the season, I feel like SU just has the better D. They've got a couple more experienced scores at the end of the day, and they're just playing with a lot more confidence right now. The
0: one guy for the Sun Devils that you need to look out for, though, is, is Trey Holder. Again, he, he's been kind of the guy that really has made a name for himself. An L.A. guy, senior, he's got experience, but outside of that, nobody really scares me that much. A couple guys can knock down threes here or there, so someone's going to have to get hot, which is just kind of the narrative of the NCAA tournament in general. That somebody has to really step up, and you're going to see all these unsung heroes. But at the same time, look look at the travel for this, okay? It, it's kind of on a short notice. Arizona State has yep. to travel across the country. Meanwhile, Syracuse, a flight to Dayton is what, an hour? Hour and a half? Yeah,
1: nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge advantage.
0: That's That, to me, is the biggest thing, is that this is going to be a severe road game for Arizona State, not so much for Syracuse.
1: Yeah, I will say one thing. I think Pascal Chukwu has a good game, a really good game, maybe one of the better games he's had all season, because I've watched Arizona State match up against Aiden a couple times this year. Now, Pascal Chukwu, by no means is DeAndre yeah, Aiden. Full but, disclaimer right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Super shocker, folks, Pascal Chukwu, the guy who can't even catch the ball and sometimes misses wide open dunks, is not one of the best players in the country. But regardless, he does have a similar type of frame, and they have really struggled to guard big front court players all season long. They don't have a ton of size down low. Right. And if you're Frank Howard or if you're Tyus Battle and you get by your defender, throw a lot. Throw it to Pascal Chukwu. We've seen them do that a little bit more lately. I think he could put up 15 points. If he stays out of foul trouble and plays smart, he could be the X factor in this game. And also, obviously, Mark Doljai has been playing a little bit more aggressive lately, and that's really helped this team. Because at the end of the day, Arizona State does have one of the better offenses in you know the Western half of the, the conference, even the Pac-12, really one of the better offenses. So how, how are you going to beat a team like that with just the three scorers? You're going to need Doljai or Chukwu to step up in some form.
0: Yeah, and I think we saw this in those last two games in the ACC tournament. Mark Dolajai is finally confident on offense.
1: He's looked like Uh, a completely different player.
0: Yeah, it's night and day, and the things that Red Autry has done for that kid is unbelievable. This assistant coaching staff for Syracuse needs to be given a lot of credit because you look at coming into this season – Syracuse's expectations were almost nothing. A lot of people, including people who write for us here at OrangeFizz.net, said this was a 16 or 15-win team, me being one of those people. right? I was dead wrong, and I'm not afraid to admit that. I was 100% wrong on this team. Even if they hadn't gotten an NCAA tournament bid, this season was was a success. You got 20 wins.
1: Yes, I I agree completely. I was watching... The UNC game in the second half, and it kind of just hit me. I had like an epiphany that literally – take Seventh Woods, for example. One of UNC's bench pieces that was a big-time recruit now plays one to two minutes, if at all, in any game.
0: I think it was either against Syracuse or it was against um, Miami in the next game. It was the first time he'd scored since November.
1: Right. So he doesn't play at all for North Carolina. He would be a starter on the Syracuse team. Look look across the
0: country a Green, Jordan Tucker. Oh, what this man. season could have been.
1: a Green, that's a that's a hot topic the way he's been playing yeah. and, and how coach Cal's been. Kwade you're going to score 30 out. points. <laughs> yeah. Coach I think Cal came on record and backed him up and then what he put up, 4 points. the other he night? Four, he, he's
0: like 4 and 6 and he's shooting like 20%.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> that's that's good news for Syracuse fans. I'm sure some fans are smiling to hear that, but regardless I just – the team has no – they have no talent, really, and the projections of the start of the season, as you mentioned, that wasn't even factoring in. Geno Thorpe leaving, Barama Sidibe's knees being this much of a factor, Howard Washington's, you know, serious injury to knock him out for the rest of the season. Matt Moyer was banged up, wasn't much of a contributor as we thought – there are a lot of things that really we did not foresee coming. We couldn't have foreseen coming, and Jim Beheim has done a really good job with this team just to get to 20 wins. Like you said, even if they didn't make the tournament, it was a good job in and of itself. But to get this team to the tournament is really a feat that I never saw possible based on the talent level that they had at the start of the season.
0: All right, so with Arizona, let's get back to Arizona State real quick. Again, both I think you and I both in agreement Syracuse wins
1: this game. Yep. I think, I, I, saw I think they.
0: Arizona State opens up as a favorite, though, which really I, I was very surprised by.
1: It's got, a, was it one or two points it or was something? Or one is, and a half. Yeah. See, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to Syracuse plays in the ACC, Arizona State plays in the Pac 12. And, and wasn't there a in the huge Pac-12. Yes. There's a huge gap there that is going to be on display on Wednesday night because. What Arizona State has done and what their record has shown is that the Pac-12, it, it you can't – I mean, if they were playing in the ATC, I don't think they're a tournament team at all. I think they win five or six games and win way less than Syracuse. So I think that's going to be on display. And I think Syracuse will hopefully just keep the tempo down. That's the biggest thing. And get some guys like Chuku and Doja involved, and they'll do enough. I think it'll be pretty close, but they'll win by five or six. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you look at it too, Arizona State, they kind of have that recipe for March success where they can explode offensively at times, but I just don't think it's going to happen against the Syracuse team. They just have to play a semi-competent offensive game and Syracuse will win this game. Because yeah. my big theory is that there are no cold nights for defense. Syracuse's defense is not just going to have a cold night. The offense obviously can, and if you can play semi-competent, you get Tyus Battle going early. Frank Howard hits a couple big shots here or there. O'Shea Brissett can attack. It won't be close. I think Syracuse could. If Syracuse won this game by 12 to 15 points, I would not be surprised. And I think another thing along with this, I feel very similar with this game as I do with Syracuse and Dayton Uh, two years ago in the first round in that 10-7 matchup when Syracuse was an underdog going in where a lot of people kind of saw it as oh Syracuse maybe shouldn't be in this tournament um, and they're not a good enough team so we think Dayton's going to win this game and I think that that's kind of how I feel about this one but the whole time I was like I I was pretty confident Syracuse was going to beat Dayton and I, I feel the same way against this Arizona State team
1: Yeah, and I actually – I kind of like having Syracuse in the first four. I know that leaves a short turnaround, and you're going to have to make some travel. Obviously, the next game would be in Detroit, Michigan, so not Mm -hmm. too far or anything. But it's a quick turnaround, little rest. But in a way, I feel like if you pick up a win in the NCAA tournament – like they could against Arizona State in the 11-11 matchup, that gives you momentum. And we've seen teams in the past, like a VCU, I think they got all the way to the final four from the first four as an 11 seed. A team from the
0: first four has always won one of the games after.
1: Yes, and I think think that's not a coincidence.
0: And I look at it this way, too. We very well could see both teams in these play-in games beat the six seeds. I think St. Bonaventure and UCLA are both well-equipped to beat a team like Florida.
1: Yeah, Florida's so inconsistent. and But yeah, USC was another example. I remember they knocked off SMU, a six seed. I think that was maybe last year or the year before that, after a first four win. It just gives you some confidence, kind of like how BC rolled past NC State after picking up a victory over Georgia Tech. Once you win a game, I know... The rest side of things isn't on your on your side, but you've got momentum and you've got a little more confidence, and then you start believing more. So I think it's kind of actually a good spot in a weird way to be in the first four.
0: Yeah, and then your next matchup <laughs> would be against uh, Jamie Dixon. So once Syracuse probably thinks that they no longer have to deal with Jamie Dixon and Jim Beheim, can finally get that monkey off his back? Nope, you might stare him right in the face in the second round. Jamie, yeah, Jamie Dixon owns Beheim, man. Yeah, I think I saw I'm, his record against him is fifteen and six.
1: That's sad. It's not like the Pittsburgh team has has been even just as like Syracuse has been better in that time period than Pittsburgh has yeah. as a program too.
0: And that includes the NS buzzer beater.
1: Yeah, which shouldn't so, have happened. Yeah, it should so be. it should
0: be like sixteen and five.
1: Yeah, that's that's worrisome for sure. But TCU we'll get to that lost. later though. Yeah, they lost one of their best players, Jalen Fisher. He's out for the year, and they have not been playing, kind of like Arizona State, they haven't really been playing that well lately. So it's still a winnable game, and obviously this Jamie Dixon team hasn't been going against Syracuse's zone for a couple years. It doesn't have veteran guys that have been playing against the zone before. So that's a completely different animal.
0: All right, I think that's just going to do it for us here. Any last thoughts before we, we sign off?
1: I I would say look out for Syracuse. I really think they they've got with a two three zone and get a little momentum, pick up a victory over Arizona State. I think it's possible we see them going on to a Saturday or Sunday game potentially against Michigan State. It might end there, but or I think is it going to be teach... like
0: 2016 where Bucknell wins?
1: Yes, which which would be crazy if that happened again. But I think they're again, training I already up said this right feels time. like a
0: Dayton matchup.
1: Yeah. No, I've got, I've got kind of some weird feelings. I, I think they get past Arizona State pretty easily, and maybe I'm wrong, but if they get that victory and Chuku and Dojai step up, this could be a team that could keep on dancing for a little bit longer than people think. So I'm optimistic.
0: I have two last thoughts I want to put out there. First off is that the hardest part of this journey is over. Getting in was the toughest part of what this Syracuse team had to do this year, and that's over. At this point, it's all... It's all gravy. House money, got whatever you want to call lose. it. Because, yeah, you're you're facing – it's not going to be the toughest of tests, too. I mean, again, we've said draw. it. Arizona State, you got the crappy draw with UNC in the second round of the ACC tournament. You got a pretty good one with Arizona State and potentially TCU, both very beatable teams. And then my second takeaway is that maybe Syracuse getting into the tournament isn't the best thing in the world. And here's why. Really? Remember 2016, Syracuse on the bubble. If Syracuse doesn't get into the NCAA tournament, Malachi Richardson, I don't think, leaves. He stays around another year. That team sticks together. And last year's team is a lot better and maybe even makes uh, an Elite Eight Sweet 16, dare I say it, Final Four run. But next year, you're going to have your best recruiting class in quite a while come in. And it'd be nice... They have Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett guaranteed to stick around. Both of those guys could play themselves into a high draft pick yeah, in this tournament. Yeah, I, think
1: I, think, I don't think there's been enough talk about O'Shea Brissett potentially being that, a guy that could go. And that's the thing that worries me the, the, the most,
0: is that O'Shea Brissett plays the lights out in this tournament in whatever it is, two, three, maybe even four games if Syracuse can really make a run. And if O'Shea Brissett plays out of his mind, he's gone.
1: Like he is out. Sure, go well. Your stock is high. I mean, he he's been playing really well lately too. So I hadn't even thought of that. That's a good point. I think I think at the end of the day, it's still better to be in the tournament. But it's definitely something to monitor if they do go on a run. It, O'Shea Brissett could definitely get the the Malachi treatment for sure.
0: Yeah, and and I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to if a guy like Brissett decides to declare early because hey, the well is replenished next year with Darius Baisley. So. It's not the end of the world. It's, it's going to be a – I think this is going to be a fun ride. I don't think it's going to be short either. I think there are two very winnable games for Syracuse, and I think Michigan State would be a fun matchup.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm all in on, on them making some, something happen. Like you said, they've got nothing to lose. So just win that game over Arizona State, take care of business, and then see where the ride takes you.
0: All right. Tim Leonard down in North Carolina. It's been fun.
1: This this has been a blast. We we gotta do this again. Yeah, we'll do this definitely after after, after Arizona State win hopefully. Yeah, yep. I think we we always have to give
0: it about what twelve to twenty four hours to completely digest everything, or otherwise we end up like Andy Katz and start filling out brackets <laughs> mindlessly. Not, I liken it to Have you watched How I Met Your Mother? Yes, nothing great show. good happens after three a.m. Nothing good happens yep. three hours after something's happened. You're not gonna nothing <laughs> smart happens. Yeah. Exactly. You give it that's, give it that's some that's time to breathe. Give it some time to breathe. All right. Do your homework. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for us here on the FizzCast. For Tim Leonard, I'm Tyler Rocky. We'll be back after the Syracuse-Arizona State game. We'll break everything down for you. If Syracuse wins, we'll start looking towards TCU, both of you and I Tim have watched a fair amount of the Horned Frogs this year. We know what to expect out of them, so we'll get you some stuff on that. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Orange Fizz Find us online, OrangeFizz.net, Facebook, SoundCloud, Orange Fizz You'll get all the latest Fizzcast episodes and stuff like that. All right, well, we'll, we'll have you covered in Dayton too. I believe Drew Carter is going to be down there, yep. so you'll get all of his content and analysis from the first four. It's going to be a fun ride. It really will. I, I'm, and I'm looking forward to it. And I know you
1: are too. Absolutely. I think I think Drew's gonna produce some good content down there too. So be sure to look out for that. He's always on the ball with that stuff.
0: Alright, that's gonna do it. I'll talk later, Tim.
1: Alright, see ya.